1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Irrelevant Recovery Radio. We're I'm your here. hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosher. Don Donnie's... For sure, here driving me absolutely crazy today. You're definitely here and present and accounted for.
0: So after you run through your beginning and opening stuff, let's talk about what's got you internally disturbed today.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of the topic today. Um, so this show, I gotta, I gotta say this important stuff. Do the stuff. Do it. This show, Relevant Recovery, is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a detox that's a two-week program and a recovery support program that's two years of free aftercare. Yeah. We do IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback. We're located inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. We have an amazing staff. Almost every single person on our staff is in recovery. I mean, most of recover- them. <laughs> They're great. Oh, yeah. Most of
0: them are really, You're going to really make good. some
1: of them turn on you today.
0: No, I'm just saying, like, well, let's let them guess. <laughs> Which Most ones? of them are great.
1: <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... We have a lot of lived experience navigating our own personal recoveries, everybody that works at Matthew's mm-hmm. Home, and uh, we're just all on the same page of, of trial and error, what works, and the, the seeds and the tools that we plant at each person's feet that comes through our detox. Every Life Matters, we're, we're a very different program. People that come through our place know that we actually care, and we stay in contact with you, if you want, for two years after you leave. We obviously won't like stalk you or harass you, but we offer free recovery support.
0: They might stalk or harass you, but it's not. <laughs> you guys don't reciprocate. That's it's what not happens. Not reciprocated. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: we get personalized recovery support for two years after you leave, which is not case management. It's not just a phone call once a month. It's like, when did you meet with your sponsor? What needs do you? So, have? what
0: kind of addiction do you guys work on?
1: Alcohol, opiates, and benzos uh, are the three primary things that so meet criteria for medical detox. Yes.
0: Stuff that, when you are detoxing, can be it, dangerous. Literally can kill you. It
1: literally can, or it can be dangerous. Seizures and other things like that occur. Yeah. And I also know from personal experience that um, drinking or drug addiction can sometimes really be brought to the surface during the holiday times because you're around your family and maybe you're not all the time. And so there might be some family members listening that saw their uncle or saw their cousin or saw their daughter or whatever at Christmas time uh, over the holidays or Thanksgiving. And they're (laughs) like
0: a little much. They're
1: like, hey, something different's going on here. This is escalating. And so if you or a loved one would not like any information about our program. What do you mean
0: escalating? Well, you were drunk and fell into the tree.
1: I mean, that's obviously someone who's drunk, but that doesn't mean they have chronic addiction issues. It's, you know, different things. And so. Uh, There's a lot of information on our website about our program and about addiction and about the recovery support that we offer in IASIS. So go to our website, www.mhdrp.org, or give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673.
0: And uh, a big Happy New Year to everybody. You're listening to us today on KPRC 950 in in the H-Town. Um, if you don't know, because I say this every week, but if you're new, uh, you can listen to us 1 p.m. Central in Houston on KPRC 950.
1: On Sunday, so you didn't even say the day of the week.
0: Oh, I didn't? Nope. Well, they're listening, and it's Sunday, so they would hopefully pick that up. Maybe. Are you saying that our listeners are—well, let's just move Maybe on. they're
1: listening on iHeart.
0: So that's the other thing, too, is that you can listen to us live on Sundays at 1 if you're not in Houston on the I Radio app. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at the KPRC 950 channel, or at the end of the day, they will upload our podcast. And you can go back and listen to any one of them.
1: And I want to give a shout-out. Also, we have like a Facebook and Instagram page. I, I mostly monitor the Facebook. I really kind of ignore Instagram. Is shout-out
0: like a thing now? But, Is that well, an old we moved thing. On You're old. That?
1: It's an old thing. But. Well, that's
0: why I, it felt comfortable. So I was like, wait a minute, this can't be so, right. So
1: to our listeners, if you don't already, uh, you can follow Relevant Recovery Radio on Facebook, but you can mm-hmm. also follow the Matthews Hope Foundation, and we give a shout-out every month to our staff members. But I wanted to say this, plug this real quick for our listeners. If you have a question of any sort about recovery or addiction, you can submit... Submit your question to me on the Relevant Recovery Facebook page, and in uh, January, we're going to do a Q&A episode where we answer your questions. So oh, that'd be cool. So submit those questions, and Donnie and I will argue about the correct answer.
0: And we need to figure out how to do a remote um, or we'll have to re-record. You know what we'll have to do? We'll have to change our record days. That's because in January I'm going to be traveling. I have a real job now where I'm just a, an important businessman who travels I'll the world. I'll probably do that
1: episode without you then. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you'll so,
0: have no listeners.
1: So let's talk. So, first of all, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Today is January 1st. When or you're if you're to Nancy
0: this. Pelosi, Happy Schwanza. <laughs> Donnie. I heard she said that.
1: Uh, so, anyways, um, happy holidays, <laughs> no matter what you celebrate. Um, and the topic of this episode. And Happy
0: New Year today. This happy is what New, New Year. We're That's what I said, yes. Yeah. Because year. we
1: wanted to talk real briefly. It's not the topic today, but about our uh, realization about Christmas. You and I decided next year. Mm-hmm. That other than our children, we're not doing gifts, period.
0: So I have trouble with Christmas as it is. Okay. Because
1: you have childhood trauma.
0: I do. I don't know if it's trauma.
1: Oh, it is, because you would have let it go by now. You're 50 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just saying, you you're right. kind of carrying baggage a while.
0: You might be right. But my parents divorced when I was twelve. Oh god, we here had we go. no money. And so therefore, every time we went to a family gathering or whatever, my family, my mother and two brothers and me, we had nothing. We didn't bring anything with us. So we always felt guilty. As well as my mom would always cry and guilt trip us at Christmas time and say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry I can't buy you anything and I'm sorry. My dad gave her at the time, this is back in the eighties. You're dating yourself. Yeah in the 80s he gave her like 2500 bucks a month child support that was a lot of money in the 80s you yeah. could have she could have lived and not even had a job yeah right? but she
1: was a drug addict
0: true so anyways that's where the problem with chris so number one h- is my past Christmas. number two it doesn't make sense that i like you I'm going to go buy a gift that nine out of ten times doesn't really matter to you. It's not something that you would have picked or it's the wrong. Call. It just doesn't matter. And the and other thing what, is what, like. And what? I'm going to put it on a credit card that I really can't afford. I'm not paying cash.
1: Yeah. And it's really not the reason for the season. So you and I decided that other than our children who will get like one gift each or some cash each like we did this year. Um, that we're not because we buy each other things or get what we need or want throughout the year. And we do it in a debt free way. And right. so there's just this weird energy or obligation because- around presents. That feels because- awkward to me too, but I grew up def- different than you. I was the kind that my dad would ask for a list, and I'd make this whole like self-centered list as a kid, and I'd get everything on the list. and And I don't think that bred anything positive in my psyche either. So for you and I both, I think it's a good idea to do no presents and just practice family and love. We're gonna yeah, take so a quick break.
0: We'll be right back in a minute. We'll close this little discussion because I have more to say. Believe of course, it or not. you do. We'll be right back.
1: to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about getting rid of Christmas, the commercialization of it. And you wanted to say...
0: Well, I mean, so first of all, the whole idea of the the tree, and it, it, it's a pagan holiday, right? It's not really... It, it's meant to be the commemoration or the celebration of the birth of Jesus. That's what it started as. But when you've commercialized it and we've added all these things and we've like we run commercials that guilt you if you don't go buy everybody's stuff and we show people really happy opening gifts but that's never been my experience yeah
1: like the commercials where there's like a new car in the snow-filled driveway with a big giant red bow or whatever right right <laughs> right and it's just like they imply they brainwash us to believe that that equals happiness and that's the lie that okay. all of society has believed
0: that is my question because so we want to undo that Prior to me being 12 when my parents split up. Prior to that, dad lived at home. And I suspect that you and I had the same kind of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Right? So me and my two brothers would get up in the morning and go out to the living room. And our gifts would be, I'm not exaggerating.
1: four feet tall around the tree.
0: Three or four foot tall feet out. from. It was a lot of gifts. And
1: I'm not saying that people that can financially afford to do that are are like wrong for doing that.
0: But that's not the point though. My My point is this. How much do you remember that you got? How life-changing was it? How much true a week later after you opened it? how much There's only any two of things that
1: I remember getting. Okay. I remember, and this was in Oklahoma in the early 90s, I remember getting my Houston Oilers starter jacket. If mm-hmm. you, everybody remembers what starter jackets were. I have.
0: You had a Houston Oilers one?
1: Uh, ironic, right, that I would move to Houston 30-something years later, but I did. I had a Houston Oilers, and I only picked it because I liked the colors. I liked the baby blue and black or whatever it was. It
0: was white and blue. Something you know? like that.
1: I don't remember. And then I remember my- uh, Horrible
0: Oilers fan I, you were. I
1: remember. I, I wasn't a fan of the sports ball. I just won the jacket that everybody else so you had. you know who
0: Earl Campbell was. No
1: clue. Um, you could make up a name right now, and it wouldn't uh, mean anything to me. But the other thing I remember is the five-disc CD changer boombox thingy. You know, oh, with the wow, separate, yeah.
0: you know. Was it one of the big ones? Mm-hmm. You had to yeah. put on a dolly and carry it around? Well, no,
1: I mean, it was, it was in my room. But I, those are the two, uh, everything else I just don't remember. Um, And so it kind of shows, now that I'm older and more mature, the meaninglessness of it. Mm-hmm. And I was a very entitled, spoiled brat. Yeah. <laughs> and it just bred more entitlement in me. And I didn't have a good work ethic or understanding the value of a dollar or anything. I didn't have any of that. Anyways our point about we're not hating on Christmas. We just want to kind of get back to We kind to, of are though. No, what we're saying is we're still going to celebrate. We're just kind ah. of removing the commercialization of the gifts and we want to spend time with people. We want to invest that, in quality well, you time. You just ruined with our my li-
0: next question. I have several questions. One of them is going to be, "Whatever has you disturbed today?" You weren't this disturbed in the car. You've
1: been really annoying since we walked in the studio.
0: Anytime I am disturbed, the problem is in, within me, <laughs> Don't right? You
1: quote that at me. Okay, so sometimes you are just extra.
0: I anyway. So <laughs> I mean, wow. Anyway, so if the the reason for the holiday is supposed to commemorate the birth of Jesus Christ right? Mm-hmm. Then how should it be celebrated? What would Christ want?
1: Loving others, being there for others, spending time, breaking bread, feeding people. Like um,
0: intentional relationships. Intentional
1: relationships, yeah. And and you and I are very good at the fellowship side of it, and with the people we spend time But I but, think there's always room for improvement with all, all aspects of our family and our friends.
0: But beyond that, so now our our holiday party that we have our big Christmas party. There's a lot of people. But do you, do you have any memories from it? Yeah. Conversations. Mm-hmm. And then what before that?
1: What do you mean? But what before that?
0: What do we have before that? I guess what I'm saying is that those gatherings. We we had dinner with uh, Reno and his wife,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was great. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Um, those times that I take time out of my my day or my schedule to sit down with somebody and eat to talk to listen to hang out that's in my mind true giving because time is the most valuable thing i think that we have nowadays yeah. money cars possessions anything on the external doesn't it's, really it's matter it's such a
1: counterfeit for love it's not love
0: <laughs> look at what you and i gave our kids cash Cash. Why? Because I don't want to spend the time going to buy a gift they're not going to like anyway. (laughs) I don't want to spend the time on it. They're
1: all like teenagers are older. And so it's harder. Um, And so I just thought, you know, easier to give cash and like your daughter and her husband went to church with us. And that meant a lot more to me than any present or gift exchange thing, you know?
0: Right. And so that so that was kind of my point and my revelation was that next year we're going to make it very well known to people. So please, not buy us gifts. We don't want them. Save your money. We are not going to buy you gifts. Speak but what for yourself, we are going to— do- I
1: kind of want the gifts still.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> but what we are going to do is intentionally invite people yeah, time over them. for dinner and- that we love and care about to spend that time. And now
1: I'm going to segue into our topic because that's perfect. Because well,
0: no, I, now I have the next question. Oh. What has you disturbed? Have you looked at your internal condition to see why you're so disturbed? I
1: looked up, and I Googled, what has Heather disturbed today? And it just said Donnie Mosier in the search <laughs> results like a hundred times. It was just Donnie Mosier. So I, I'm going to have to go with that as my answer.
0: Wow, I just shook my eight ball yeah. and it says no.
1: <laughs> no, I'm segueing into our topic, which is new beard who dis. Because well, we're talking about change. Yeah, uh, Changes that, because today's January 1st, it's a new year and a lot of people make You know, uh, New Year's resolutions, or, but I want to talk about changing on the inside, Mm. um, because that's what a spiritual journey really means, or that's what's living in recovery really means.
0: And and my idea for this topic Mm -hmm. was that people get sober because drinking has become a problem. People get sober because drugs have become a problem. But the real truth of the matter is, once we get in there and really dig in, what we find is that the drinking and the drugs were really a symptom.
1: They were not the problem, they were a symptom of a much deeper spiritual internal problem.
0: Right, and the internal problem is self-reliance, self, 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 right? And so, how does that relate to recovery? The way it relates to recovery is that if I don't begin an internal change from these defects of character, from these sins, however you wanna talk about it, if I don't begin to do that, I'm gonna go back to drinking. Oh, sure. The defect or the sin of lying, being dishonest, will drive me back to drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was thinking about these things that we live in a world of self. We live in a world of self love, self care. That that's the real big push right but now. But even like
1: even like self reliance in an independent kind of way, it's so popular for women to be like, "I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man." You I know? found my truth, <laughs> or I'm I'm searching for myself, or I'm searching for me, or whatever. Right. You or know? I'm
0: gonna self help. And I'm just saying, who did we hear say that one time? They said, "If self help." Worked. Booked. If if it actually worked, there, there would, would be, be
1: one book at the library. There'd be one you book to the on the Go the self help section. There'd be one book. That's the one that works. Pick it up. Read it. Do it. You'll be better. You know. Instead,
0: you have somebody writing five new ones every year.
1: <laughs> and so, like. People um, misunderstand a lot and think that the twelve step world is somehow self help, and it's and it's not. It's self changing. This
0: is a selfish program. But That's it, what I always here. It makes it's, me cringe. Yeah,
1: it's not no literature, but it's really the opposite. It says the destruction of self centeredness is the price that we have to pay, and so when we go through that, it doesn't sound on the surface like a great thing, mm-hmm. but it actually is the most freeing thing that you can uh, invest time in and to do, which is real soul work. I think. Instead of self-obsession, it's real soul work of finding out what's in me um, that needs to change. And, right. And so change is a scary topic for some. And what's real common... Change
0: or slash, you want to make it real scary? Repentance.
1: <laughs> well, true. But I like just even like working with a lot of newly sober people, personally, um, I encounter a certain phrase that people say all the time. They'll say, well, I don't like change. I don't like change. And I think that they don't know that they're lying to themselves. You do like change. Um, would you like to me to give you a million dollars? Would you like a bigger house? Would you like a better spouse? Whatever it is, they'll say, yeah, they'll, they want that change. Right. Whatever change it is that they think they want, they're for that change. But it's the fear of the unknown. It's not that people don't – because think about it. People that are trying to get sober – And they're saying, hey, I'm scared of change. Well, you better figure out a way to get over that and want some change because staying where you are means death. Staying where you are means complete destruction. Staying where you are means misery. And so I'd rather talk about let's flip it and say you actually aren't afraid of change because you want the good one. You just don't want the bad change. You actually have a fear of the unknown.
0: Right. And so when we come back, what we want to talk about is what is it? How do we fix it? Why is there so much trouble with it? Don't go anywhere. We will be right back in a moment.
1: welcome back you're listening to relevant recovery radio with hosts heather and donnie mosher
0: oh, let's get ready to rumble
1: <laughs> i might kill you
0: today we've had some great banter during our little break there
1: <laughs> no really i don't know why you're annoying me so bad you're always like this and it usually doesn't annoy me it's me yeah
0: it yeah i know that
1: but change is coming I'm gonna yeah. be different tomorrow.
0: You gotta look at you gotta look at yourself. You gotta look at that. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about like an introspective view. Okay, so I get sober. I think that drugs or alcohol is the problem. But it's not. I get in there and suddenly people start showing me the truth. The truth, by the way, not my truth. No, the There's truth. There's no such thing as my truth. No,
1: it's that's your perspective. Your perspective can be completely delusional. But the truth is, is I was a liar. I was a cheater. I blamed others. I had victim mentality. I judge others. I'm a hypocrite. There's, We're just
0: waiting for you to get better. There,
1: <laughs> there is all <laughs> sorts of defects within my character. Yep. And I have moral and philosophical conditions convictions galore but i can't live up to them
0: right so we get in there and we figure out that those are actually the problem that my reliance upon self, self is the problem <clears throat> then we start to identify some defects of character or sin and i'm going to use defects and sin interchangeably here and here's why and i want to i want to talk about this just for a sec so in the 12-step world, we use defects of character. Heather, give me like the top five or 10 defects. Pride, dishonesty.
1: You know, ego, judgmentalness, hypocritical, blaming others, stuff like that. Maybe lying and cheating and stealing. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and now.
1: That was more than five, but those are the ones on top of my But head. let's
0: hit the other side, right? And so what is sin? Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy pride. And that it's like all the, the same sort of thing. It's what they call the seven deadly. And here's the deal. Any of those sins either take me away from the fellow next to me or from God, right? Mm-hmm. It either blocks me from God or it blocks me from my helping my fellow man. Because mm-hmm. they're all what, self-centered. That's what defects and sin do. So I, I in the 12 world, there seems to be this weird thing. You can't call it sin in the rooms, right? It you just has call a religious
1: defects. connotation to it.
0: But it's really no different.
1: It's not. But the 12-step world is just really religion neutral so that atheists well, um, like you can come it, get sober.
0: Unless it comes to like Buddhism or Hinduism. Even then, it's technically
1: not allowed in the rooms. People people get away with it. But, but they
0: do it all the time. But anyways, so what we're talking about is these defects of character, these sins that I commit that have to change. I have to... And and the problem is, is that when I come in... I've already been trying to change my drinking and drugging. How has that turned out for you? Not me?
1: good. No bueno. Why? Because you don't have the power.
0: I need a power outside of me. Yep. That power is God.
1: And so I our, hope you find him. Our listeners who are very uh, independent will find problematic sources with what we're saying because they'll think, I put my mind to it. I achieved that. I wanted this. I wanted that promotion. I wanted that. I got it. I got it. I got it. So don't tell me I don't have power. What are they not
0: looking at, though? They're
1: not looking at the spiritual price they pay when they live in self-reliance to get what they want.
0: Whose toes did they step on to get there? Who did they cheat? Who did they The
1: literature says, as in war, the victor only seemed to win. But what spiritual price is really being paid for you to get your way? Like, for instance, I'll give you like a literal example. Well, you're
0: going too deep into this. I just really wanted the answer of powerlessness. Well,
1: okay. I'll
0: show up. So we wanted... I was
1: going to give them an example of self-reliance. Okay, go ahead. So my first two marriages, maybe my third. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean,
0: after today... <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe your fourth.
1: Listen, so my first two marriages, um, I had a child and, and I was like, okay, we're getting married. It's the right thing to do, blah, blah. I just kind of like said, this is what we're doing, blah. Right. And so that I divorced him when it wasn't convenient for me anymore. And so then later, when it was the second one, it was just like, Hey, propose to me. Hey, we're going to get married. Hey, we're not going to live together and not be married. Like, I was just self willing what I wanted because I thought. That being someone's wife or being married would make me happy.
0: I see where you're going. So did you make it happen?
1: I did make it happen.
0: Who ultimately paid the price?
1: Me, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. So
0: you had the power to force it to happen, but you were never really grateful for it. And
1: it. Right, and it's not because they were good people or bad people. It doesn't matter who they were. It was that I was on a self-relying, self-fulfilling <laughs> path.
0: Okay, so now you enter the 12-step world. Mm-hmm. And you realize that all these times that you tried to quit drinking and drugging and you couldn't, you realize you're powerless, Powerless. that you literally don't have the power. We have that analogy that... You know, if I could really fix myself, my dishwasher would have a self-fix button on you it. You
1: just say dishwasher, fix yourself, but it doesn't have that button? I got
0: to call the manufacturer. Whirlpool. Same thing with us, right? Got to call the manufacturer. So
1: I need to call the person, the thing, the, the the creator that designed me, that knows all my in and out, just like I'd call Whirlpool for the dishwasher. I got to call into
0: him as well. We got and, some questions.
1: <laughs> and, because only the manufacturer, the creator, can really fix the spirit. If I could fix my spirit, self-help books would work.
0: So- what happens typically, and the time frame varies, is that I come in, I realize that I cannot fix myself. They tell me about this outside power. I find this power. And I I think for most of us, it's God. Whatever's behind that is really a personal choice. But for mm-hmm. me, it's definitely God.
1: An individual conception. And
0: God, for me, removed it.
1: The desire to drink.
0: But here's the problem. What's left. Yeah. All my defects are character,
1: and I always call that spiritual whack-a-mole, right? Because um, if I have poor sex conduct, or if I have a drinking or a drug problem, these or defects. if I have any of these defects, right, that can pop up like that whack-a-mole. But even before game, you
0: fix them, though, how are you identifying them? What do you how, mean? how do you identify them? Like, how do you know that your you had been acting that way sexually for a long time. So right. how did you know all of a sudden it was a problem? I didn't
1: know until my sponsor helped me accountable and I wrote the inventory. That mm-hmm. was when I started to swallow large chunks of truth about myself and what my defects were. I really had to take a look at that. Steps 4 through 9 really brought me deeper clarity on that.
0: So through the work.
1: The work. The okay. actions. The so spiritual actions. I want to ask
0: you this. Prior to doing that work mm-hmm. did the behavior bother you?
1: It didn't bother me in the sense that I knew it was like... That I had to change to get happy, it bo- it bothered me in the sense that I'm like, why is God just continually sending me crappy dudes? I was okay. a victim in this situation mentally. That's right. what I thought.
0: So then you do the work with your sponsor and you identify and now like, that you have oh, a defect, crap, or, it's me. <laughs> or you have this sin of lust, whatever you want to call it, but it's happening. Seeking validation. So now when you do that afterwards
1: afterward, because afterward, prior how prior to the awareness, you don't have any. I use the word conviction, or I didn't have any guilt really over it. Uh, but post-awareness, I definitely had conviction when I continued that behavior. Every time? Most, almost every, I would say close to every time.
0: Yeah. And and
1: so it's like spiritual whack-a-mole. Like if I am irresponsible with money and spending, me and God, like if I go get sober and I work these steps, me and God may whack down drugs and alcohol. But then what happens a lot of time is issues with food pop up. When you whack those down, well, then issues with sex pops up and you whack those down. And then issues with shopping might pop up or credit cards. spent, whatever it is, being a workaholic or shop, different things will pop up because life is a spiritual journey. Right. And I need God's help and power in every facet of my life, not just drugs and alcohol.
0: And, and where this really affected me in that... To have true
1: freedom. If if someone wants true, true freedom around these bondages of self. (coughs) Some people don't. Some people can just kind of keep it on the back burner and never really address it.
0: Well, and I think what happened for me, so you got some lessons early. Early. early, Like Like 90 days, Uh 120 days. Me, I I was so grateful to find the fellowship. I was so grateful to get sober and find out what the heck was wrong with me that I came in full force doing all the things, Mm -hmm. fully participating, seven meetings a week, home group, group conscious service. I was all in. I was all in right off the bat. And God removed the obsession for alcohol. I, I came into the to the fellowship of garden variety drunk. I love the smell of cocaine, but really, for the most part, I am a drunk. Yeah. Um, and when God removed that, I was so amazed by it that the work sort of stopped there. Yeah. And I don't know if it was. Here is the thing: is I don't know if it stopped because I was lazy. I don't know if it stopped because I wasn't aware. Yeah. If I didn't see it, but I would say for four years, a lot of my behavior continued. I
1: think that it. it all it doesn't. It, you were stagnant spiritually in a sense. But what I'm, what the way I uh, understand it is that God's grace period for people is different, and so like for whatever reason, God held me accountable to a specific defect when I was like two and a half months sober, and He basically said, "You don't get to get away with this anymore," and stay sober.
0: He was preparing for me. He
1: held me accountable right away. Yeah. And but with you, you were like five years sober. Different grace period for whatever reason. Maybe you're more yeah. stubborn and hard-headed, and you weren't going to receive that message well until you were five years sober. But
0: then once it hit, once it was really four and a half, four and a half years it hit, it hit hard. Right. Um, and so all of a sudden, some big, I mean, huge defects, right? <clears throat> Cheating on my ex-wife, lying, complete dishonesty all the time, the way I treated people. Stage characters. Using people, stage cha- Oh, yeah, stage characters, big time. I had a, still had a different one for everybody, you know, um... It all came crashing down because at that point, I don't know if it was God's grace running out or what was going on.
1: God just decided to hold you accountable to that growth. It was
0: time to grow. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to continue to talk about this when we come right back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is yeah, we sure appreciate you listening to Donnie and Disturbed today.
1: I hate that band, by the way. Disturbed. I've walked I out mean, of them twice. I went to a live concert twice with you, them. I've walked out twice.
0: If you guys could hear the banter in between our segments, you would think there's a real problem in the marriage. <laughs> no. It's really like... Listen. You're salty today.
1: I just don't like how you go to commercial breaks. I'm you don't like sorry. how I
0: breathe right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really disturbed. Okay, so That's
1: probably true.
0: Yeah, let's pick it back up. All right, so change.
1: Can can we change?
0: So my defects become glaring. Your defects become glaring. It becomes uncomfortable you become when you do them. Convicted, like this has got to change. Now here's the problem.
1: I want to say there's no hope for change for as long as there's no conviction to it.
0: And the problem is that just like I struggled for years trying to get sober on my own, it's weird that even though I have that experience, I still had a delusion that I could change my behavior on my own. Right. There were things that I struggled with pretty much my whole life that all of a sudden I find myself thinking, well, I can get this.
1: I'm gonna change. I'm gonna work harder. and Apply myself.
0: I can show up differently to work. I just got to apply myself. I can.
1: I just got to change my routine. I just got to be more disciplined. I just got. I just. Gotta, I can
0: eat better. I just have have to have a better meal plan you and better prepping. Threw away all my
1: carbs. You threw away everything in the pantry. I was gonna sneak a little sneaky snack.
0: Yeah, but you you said you wanted to do keto.
1: Yeah, it's fine. But my point is, is some people can get away with with using self-reliance to make some changes but they have no clue that they're missing true true freedom around that issue by yeah. doing it themselves.
0: Yeah, no, it's and, and the the thing is that it's really a delusion. It's it this same delusion that most of the world lives under that um under self-reliance i'll be okay what does that mean well that means i can fix me and the problem is is that if i look at my history it's rare that i've ever fixed me ever
1: right and it's it's in a sustaining way in a sustainable free way and it's actually very common in both the 12-step world and the religious world to acknowledge a defect of character or sin however you want to call it and then they'll say but i'm working on blank Uh, oh "Oh, but i'm still working on blank and i'm like it makes me
0: crazy and i'm like
1: but are you really Where's what, God in that?
0: What power do you have? Right,
1: because if if you had the power, you would have applied it, and you wouldn't be struggling with it for 15 years. What is,
0: what is step one?
1: We we're powerless. Over? Blank. Alcohol. What drugs? And? My unmanageability.
0: My life has become unmanageable. People forget that second half. The first half, I can't stop drinking or I can't stop doing drugs. That's easy, right? They They know that. The problem is... That they sort of gloss over the fact...
1: That you suck at managing your own life sober.
0: That the first step (laughs) says we're powerless over alcohol and... It doesn't
1: say and. There's just a dash. It's two separate thoughts. Is it really? It's a dash. Yeah, for sure. I have it memorized. But so the idea is that there are two separate thoughts, ideas in step one. Powerlessness is relating to my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. But the unmanageability is my relationship with myself and the world around me sober. And if you think it's not sober, go read page 51 and page 52 in the literature. I'd it's like about to,
0: sober. I'd like to let you know that we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, dash, that our lives have become a manager. You're welcome. It's two separate thoughts. It's but se- it's, I just it's, have a But they're both part memory. of step one.
1: Yes. There's two ideas in step one uh, I'm and, powerless around alcohol and, and drugs, life, and I am not good at managing my life when I'm sober.
0: There you go. You said it. I'm not good at managing my life. I want to be a better employee. I don't have the power. I want to be a better husband. I don't have the power. I want to be a better father, a better everything. I don't have the power. And I spin my wheels Wasting energy
1: foolishly trying to make progress.
0: So what's the fix? How do I do it? I can tell you how I did it. I can tell you what the philosophies are. I heard a guy say it one time in the 12 Steps. He said, step six and seven are about my defects of character and about living differently. Steps six and seven really address step three. Yeah. I start to really live out step three in six and seven. And
1: for those that don't know what those steps are, step six and seven is where I get informed of what all my character defects are from my sponsor or the inventory. Um, And then there's a seventh step prayer where I'm asking God to remove it if it stands in the way of me being useful.
0: Whether it's good or bad. Good or bad. And, I let God and choose. So,
1: and so when you struggle with that, it's really kind of goes back to a step three problem that I think I manage my life on my own power well, and I don't need God for any of that.
0: Right. And so if six and seven are the key, and I'm asking God to remove good and bad, whatever he sees fit so that I'm useful to other people, then does that at all say that I am going to work on me or I am going to do anything? Nope. So what I heard this person say in the 12-step world is that I no more... No more have the power to change any of my character assets or defects today than I did the day I got sober, and it's not my job to do any of that. It's my job to work the 12 principles mm-hmm. of the 12-step fellowship, and God makes the changes as he sees And that's fit. why I think
1: the seventh-step prayer is beautiful, because I'm giving God all my – it's good and bad, Right.
0: And, and it's the same and, key in religion, by the way. If, you're, if you're Christian, it's the same thing. There is a way to live, right? The Ten Commandments boiled down to two. These were the two commands Jesus gave. And they're really simple. People really complicate Christianity. They really make it into something that it's not, right? He gave two commands. Love your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul.
1: And your neighbor as yourself.
0: And love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that is really...
1: I think my only debate to pick that apart would be what is love? Because love doesn't mean those people are happy with me. Sometimes uh, tough love, sometimes holding <coughs> boundaries and holding people right. accountable You're is You're one of the
0: confusers of religion. Anyways, so what no, I'm not. It, what it's about...
1: I just think love gets uh, misunderstood too. That doesn't but, mean they're happy with you.
0: But here's my point in that if my job in the 12-step fellowship has become useful to God and helpful to my fellow man... Mm-hmm. If my job as a follower of Christ is to become useful to God and useful to my fellow man, these defects, these sins get in the way of me being useful. Mm -hmm. And so that 12-step guy says, hey, you want to remove the defects that God wants removed? Cool. Follow the 12 principles, follow the steps, work the steps, and, see what and gets her God much. will remove what he wants. As he
1: sees fit. And that's why I love what I was saying is the seventh step prayer about the good and bad. What that means is I only have ability to be good if I've been given that power by my creator.
0: Yeah. You keep cutting me off. I have no idea what I was going to say.
1: Oh. Well.
0: And in the in the religious world, and I don't even want to say religious, if you are a follower of Jesus— I don't have to work on being like Jesus. What I have to work on is loving God with all my heart, mind, and soul and trying to help others. Mm -hmm. And when God puts it on my heart that, hey, dishonesty is not okay anymore, allow God to change that. When God puts it on my heart that these behaviors aren't good anymore, I let him change them. Because here's the other thing, too, is once—and this is what I was going to talk about earlier— once these become apparent to me, whether it's through inventory or whatever, once they become apparent, it gets real uncomfortable.
1: It does. But let's say you're uncomfortable. Let's say you ask God to remove it and, and you want something changed. Does that mean there's no action required on your part?
0: That's a great question. What what do you think the answer is?
1: Why are you calling it to me? It was my question for you.
0: Oh, it was? Okay. Um, there is footwork for me to do, but there's a lot of opinions on what that footwork is. Yeah. So for me, it's bringing it to prayer and meditation in the morning. For me, the actions are simply that, look, okay, one of the defects of character that God really puts on my heart frequently is my overused or overpushed opinions and experience that I give people when they didn't even ask for it. Right. All that I can do is when I do that, log it, ask God for his help to, To keep me from doing that, to give me the power to not do that, I can try not to do it. Yeah. Right. But there's not much I can do. I can, you know what else I can do is not beat myself up.
1: True. And I think this kind of folds into the practice of a 10th step. No one's perfect, right? And so it folds into the 10th step in the sense of uh, initially, I'm, I am not aware of the problem till after the fact and there's guilt or shame or remorse. Then later on, I start to catch it right when it happens or right after I did That's it. That's when it
0: gets uncomfortable. And
1: then later, as I grow spiritually, I start to catch it that thought before I even did it. Correct. And God's helping giving me that buffer of a time frame to take different actions. I have to follow through at that fork of the road and do different actions. But the spiritual growth, you know, is you catch it after the fact, then you catch it during, and then you catch it before.
0: So the idea is this if you want a better life, you're going to have to rely on that power to not use the drugs and alcohol as well as change your character. So
1: change is good. Don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything.
0: And let's hope that Heather's internal condition becomes better today. (laughs) Hashtag Hashtag God, God though. though.